Hello and welcome back to the Football Index podcast, episode 58 now, and I am joined by none other than Danilo Trader. Danilo, how are you doing, man? Very well, thank you. You? Yeah, very well. I remember us meeting at a uh, trader meet and you not knowing what a podcast was at that point. Yes, you're the only podcast I ever listened to, in fact, yeah. <laughs> I remember actually physically taking your phone and uh, subscribing to the podcast on the Apple uh, Podcasts app. So uh, it's funny how uh, a lot can happen in six months. Yes. You don't know what a podcast is and now you're appearing on one. There you go, you see, yes. <laughs> and then, yeah, that was very helpful, you know, you setting it all up because you know, <laughs> otherwise I wouldn't have been here. <laughs> uh, why don't you tell the listeners a bit more? Yeah, uh, well, I found the index actually by by accident. I was just uh, uh, bored online and uh, looking at things, and uh, I found this football index. Uh, so I got a bit curious, uh, and uh, I read a little bit about it, and uh, I signed up. I signed up putting a small amount, and I started trading, uh, and uh, I really liked the concept, and uh, I saw very healthy returns. So I started putting more and more money in as uh, as the time passed by. It was more or less a year ago. It was, I think, September, October uh, last year. So at the beginning of the season. And uh, yeah, I never looked back, really. I really enjoyed, really enjoyed the ride and uh, getting to where we are now. So what did you like about it when you first started? You said you just really enjoyed the concept. What's the, the standout thing for you? Well, um, well, I used to gamble quite a lot back in the day, and then I stopped completely many years ago. I mean, something like seven or eight years ago, I stopped gambling. Uh, I used to play those uh, uh, management games, such as Football Manager and the likes, uh, which I used to enjoy a lot. And then again, you know, I stopped um, due to lack of time, really. And uh, I see this one pretty much as a combination of the two, really. You know, something, you know, bringing back, uh, bringing back the memories, bringing back what uh, I used to do. I love football. So I got, I got some knowledge. And uh, just combining the three things, uh, it just gives you football index, really. It's just a shame that that concept, uh, it just came out now and not 10 or 15 years ago, really. Yeah. <laughs> We all wish it came uh, it came out sooner, don't we? Yes. Um, but I think you mentioned that you, you, you put a bit of money in at the start and now you have a, a rather significant portfolio. So what made you more confident to, to kind of deposit a, a, a bit more of a chunk into the index? Okay, what made me more confident? Um, well, I started very slowly to see uh, to see how things worked and to understand, uh, to understand it all, to understand the market and to understand what the product was. And then uh, with the time by trading and by attending the trading meetings uh, where uh, where you meet the football index guys and uh, and other traders you get uh, you get more confidence you see what what these guys are doing and then what happened in the last year has been uh, i mean it's been just great it's been a couple of a couple of hiccups here and there but overall uh, all the news with new countries joining uh, you know with the advertising you know national and uh, uh, local being in london i saw a lot of advertising myself you know being on sky being on the bristol rovers uh, uh, bristol rovers shirt uh, there's all things that uh, they do inject quite a lot of companies, so uh, quite quite a lot of confidence in the company. It is not a small startup anymore, but you can see it becoming uh, bigger and bigger and eventually going mainstream. 
Um, so basically, I see I see a bright future for uh, for them, which will reflect in uh, in it being you know a bright future for us for our portfolios really. Mm-hmm, certainly so. And being someone who has quite a large portfolio, what are your techniques or tactics on the index? How, how do you play it? How do I play it? That's a tricky question. Um, well, I'm, I mix it up really. So I got I got a mix of uh, of the big guys, which they can you know generate uh, regular regular returns. Go a mix of uh, PB players. And uh, and a few youngsters and I, mean, I personally kind of specialize in um, in Serie A. So I got a more in-depth knowledge of Serie A uh, than uh, than most. While uh, I'll never be able to compete on the Premier League, for example, and uh, and I tend to kind of focus on those players, on those uh, uh, on those teams, uh, and uh, I can see things happening before the masses, which. Of course, we benefit. Uh, we benefit me because the, when uh, those players they get spotted by everybody, the prices will then go up, and uh, and I can see those things happening a bit before. But a mix, you know, I got a mix of pretty much uh, uh, everything you can think of, and uh, try to get in uh, before everybody else. Really, yeah. <laughs> That's the aim of the game, isn't it? It is. Yes. <laughs> Behind the bubble. <laughs> Yeah, 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 certainly so. Uh, but we've got a lot of questions, Danilo, but just before we move us on, I just want to remind everyone that you can also uh, see some of my content on YouTube, a lot more videos uh, on the way. I've got a couple about the order books and the potential share split or explaining those two things coming up soon. If you want to see some more written content rather than seeing my face or hearing my annoying voice, you can go over to the Football Index newsletter with Liam and uh, now Footy Index Trader. Uh, he's, he's made an excellent debut last week and I'm sure he'll carry on and if you want to hear my voice talk about football rather than football index and you can head over to the State of Play pod with Matt Santangelo where we talk about uh, football in Europe and also the Americas and if you want to collaborate or, or sponsor the podcast hit me up at football.index.guide at gmail.com or if you have any other questions you can uh, follow me on Twitter at underscore FI guide but Danilo as I mentioned we've got a lot of questions and the first one is from jamie harwood i never know if i can uh, pronounce that name properly harwood because you know marlon harewood was with an e right so yeah anyway uh just one he says just wondering if you uh use any of the stat or help sites such as edge or index gain if you do or have tried which ones uh have you found more useful Okay. Um, yes, I mean, I used, uh, I tried them all. Basically, I used, uh, I used mainly Edge, um, Ender Gains, or Slack, and uh, uh, Noir X4, and all of them are uh, are extremely helpful, really, especially at the beginning. Um, they really um, give you an idea of uh, um, of what happened in the past, and they give you a lot of data, and they give you a lot of information. Data alone, though, is not going to help you out a lot if you don't combine it with a little bit of logic and, uh, and a bit of thinking behind. Uh, so I tried them all uh, at the moment. Uh, um, I just using the Noir, uh, the Noir X for uh, data. I stuck with them in the end uh, for a number of reasons. You know, I like I like the format. I like how it's done. It's very well placed, uh, and uh, it is convenient for me. You know how and where to access it uh, on the move, especially. Mm-hmm. I I think it's 
all about personal preference, isn't it, Danilo? Like some people like um, like Noirex, and some people like an index gain or um, that their new stat uh, rollout, and a lot of people like Edge. So it, it, it is all about personal preference. But how important is it in terms of football index that you are? statistically aware and what I mean by that is that you do have a look and, and do have a dig into those past stats if, how important is it at the beginning it was more important than it is now and it is more important for the PB players really if you're looking for PB players that is you know that is the data that you want to go and look you want to go and look at I mean if you are on the index gain they go a bit more of a community as well you know be like Twitter where you've got people thinking you know and exchanging ideas and so on and that is useful as well uh, but I'll say that yes while that is useful you always got to be very careful of what you listen to, who you listen to, because it could be it could be rather dangerous or make your own decisions. Uh, but it is very important at the beginning, I would say, and then it kind of loses that importance a little bit as you gain the knowledge and uh, and and basically you just use your knowledge with the data. Uh, the, the data to complement your knowledge more than the other way around. Mm-hmm, certainly so. Talk talk to me a bit more about that community aspect. How important is it to talk to as many people as you can, especially those that maybe have different opinions to you on Football Index? Exchanging ideas, changing opinions is always uh, is always great, and uh, and it is important. You know, I mean, I do follow uh, and read Twitter quite regularly, and uh, and I find it useful. I've been saying that uh, now everything you read, it is. Uh, it is good in fact sometimes uh, is the, quite the opposite i mean for example the, on the on twitter you know i go a lot of good uh, good ideas and a lot of uh, strategies and so on which help me out which help me out throughout throughout the year but on the other hand uh, i made a couple of decisions which were wrong and it was based on everybody else's opinion and remember if the allison uh, you know back in the day when uh, when he shot up and when he was winning media and so on and everybody was was saying it was going to crash, it was going to crash, it was going to crash. So I did buy a few, and then you know, and then I got a bit twitchy. It's like, okay, I don't want to lose everything out, and it's going to crash uh, from one moment to another. So I sold up uh, way too early. When the Allison thing did happen, it shows that it doesn't matter what position a player is. If they're winning a lot of media buzz, then they're going to rise. And with his one name advantage, that certainly. It caught a lot of traders out, didn't it? And it's just important to be aware or be open-minded to scenarios that have never happened on Football Index happening in the moment, if that makes sense. But I think we'll move on to the next question here, Danilo. This is from Stamford, who's another big uh, portfolio trader who came on the podcast the other week and spoke very well, actually. He said, uh, and it's good that he was just we were just talking about goalkeepers weren't we he said now that goalkeepers have been given further value do you see any other areas for football index to squeeze the market cap before the implementation of the order book mm, no i don't think so i think that covered that covers pretty much pretty much everything i mean i don't think that uh, um the, i mean we're anywhere near the market cap uh, just yet but i believe the next big things that they're going to come out from uh, from the index uh, and probably in this order are kind of the new website which is in beta version now and that is going to be launched i believe sometime early uh, early next year 
And then the other two things uh, uh, quite considerable are going to be, yes, the introduction of the older books and uh, a share split, which... Uh, um, which has got to be, which has got to be happening anytime soon to reduce the prices because we're going towards the sixteen pounds for the most expensive player, which is quite a lot of money. Um, so I believe they may even do that together, you know, or the books and share split. But those are the three things that uh, that should be happening uh, early next year, I believe, before the summer set, uh, next year uh, at some point. But the website is going to come out first. Once that is up and running, um, how they want it. Once they're happy with it, then they will introduce these other big, uh, uh, these other big changes. Yeah, for sure. We, I, I think we have a few more steps. But what about in terms of um, other other categories? Do you think that they're fairly priced at the moment? Do you think that? Um, I mean, especially if you consider the goals and assists and, and clean sheets dividends that go only really goalkeepers that are you know below a pound um unless those goalkeepers above a pound get four or five clean sheets in the in the 30-day period then maybe they're not worth it so what do you do you think that football index got it right just from the goals and assists and clean sheets side of things uh, i think they got it right well uh, uh, there will be always people which are very pleased and people that are not but i believe that the way they introduce it uh, it is uh, it is very fair and uh, you know it is very generous i mean uh, yes if you look at goalkeepers over pounds they may they may not quite be worth it um, in the terms of dividends. I mean, saying that if they get two or three gross sheets a month, it is still, you know, four or six P plus that we get that we get uh, capital appreciation with it as people as people will buy in. Uh, but yeah, I agree that, you know, the players, the, especially the keepers in a lower, uh, at the, the lower hand, you know, kind of 80p less, uh, that we get, that we get better, better return. And in terms of the other position, I mean, yeah, 2p or 3p or 1p per assist, uh, uh, they may not look uh, as great figures, but they can, and they do adapt quite quickly, especially when you can buy on the day, really, you can use it to buy at a discount. You wanted a player, you know, they do a couple of assists, it's 2p. You buy, um, you buy, when you get, you know, you get two p back, and same thing for for strikers and so on. Uh, you got to be careful because everybody piles in on them uh, quite early, and then they sell them. Uh, but yeah, it could be a way to get them uh, to get them a discount. And uh, yeah, if they return on, uh, you know, the lower price players, they are uh, they can be, you know, quite rewarding. You wouldn't want to buy expensive players just for those dividends, those in-play dividends, whatever they call these days, uh, because if you buy an Hazard, you know, a Pogba or whoever, and uh, you're over £10 at £12 each, um, you would want to sell them after 30 days, you know, uh, to chase those uh, to chase those dividends. They can just be seen as a nice little add-on uh, that can come in during the first day, 30 days, really, yeah. And uh, speaking of goals and assists that we, we were just talking about, Stanford also asked if you think that the, or do you see the goals and assists dividends as a viable product addition to genuinely attract new traders to the platform, given, given the limited yields of goals and assists? We, we just mentioned that, but do you think it's going to act in that way to, to actually attract new traders? 
Uh, well, you could do. I mean, there's a lot of people that do like to do in-play, and uh, uh, that is a way for Football Index to introduce in-play in play to the platform. And if you look at the current in-play, how it is now, to what it was a few months ago, it is uh, it is increased massively. And uh, that was their goal, I suppose, you know, increased trading, which, uh, which increases their commission as people buy and sell. And uh, it would attract certain people and it would certainly make uh, um, some of the current traders trade much more, really. Uh, if you look at what happens on sun- Saturday and Sunday, there is always a huge amount of trades uh, during uh, during uh, the games, really, before, during and after. Yeah, certainly so. I think that it's made it so that the trading is much more game-oriented and what happens on the pitch really affects what happens on Football Index. But there are interesting dynamics. I mean, that we saw Bruno Alves, for example, score for um, Parma this morning as we record. And he's someone who's quite old and he's someone who also is quite cheap and you saw people buy because he scored because of that 3p return and i i think i saw a, a tweet from ben uh, or benigno i think that's his twitter handle uh, he's been on football index for a very long time and he talked about how the goals and assists and clean sheets or in play dividends now that they're calling it could be good to stimulate those older trade uh, older players sorry that might not have long term value if you look at it from a 3 year window point of view but from a 30 day point of view some of those players and i think he mentioned the likes of Ribery Robin that are very old uh, in the last year of their contract and they might not be playing for that much longer in those 30 day periods we might see money go into those older players if they score do you, do you think that's a good thing for the index uh, it is very true, and uh, yes, it is a good thing at the end of the day. I mean, it gives every player a little bit, a little bit of value. Yeah, if you look at Daniel Ves, you know, I don't feel that no, no, Daniel Ves, how's he called? Bruno Alves. Uh, I don't feel that many people bought him, uh, bought it before, if any. I mean, he was born in '81, so that makes him 37 or something, uh, playing as a defender in a poor, uh, in a poor team. Uh, so not many people would have touched him. Now he scored, he's got 3p, he's got 3p, uh, dividends coming in, and uh, there's a one piece spread. So people may be attracted, may be attracted to flip him, may be attracted to just buy him, wait for the uh, deadline to, to pass and then sell, or they may just decide to keep him for 30 days. Yeah. It's not one you want it for three years for sure, but there will be there will be people buying and uh, and eventually selling. Mm-hmm, certainly, so I think it's very good that the more players that have value on football index, the better, right? And I think Stanford, what he alluded to there is now that goalkeepers have uh, given further value. Do we think there's other areas that FI can squeeze the market at? Well. In some ways, they're stimulated not only goalkeepers but goal scorers and older players. And I mean, those assist dividends aren't significant, but if a forward-thinking player can score an assist, then suddenly you have a player that could return, you know, 10p in a 30-day period and not be that expensive if they score uh, three or four goals and get a couple assists if they're on great form. I think there is something or, or there is an iteration to this. I think I wouldn't be surprised if at some point maybe next year they see we see an iteration to goals, assists and clean sheets. I don't think this is the final step. I think something that gets gives a more immediate impact to those um, more expensive players could be interesting. I talked about in the live stream where you could have some sort of um, compounding effect where if a player scores 
in more than one game in a row, they get like a, a multiplier effect, which would be really interesting, I think. But I think we'll move on to the next question here, Danilo. Uh, it's from Index Guy. On a serious note, I've seen that you were a fan of the return on interest or investment as a com- uh, concept, so ROI. Is this a strategy you apply to every purchase you make? Specifically, I remember your PB win with Socrates. So why don't you talk to us a bit about ROI and why uh, this is a concept you're a fan of? Um, well, very simply, uh, return on investment, you look at the percentage as well as the power figure. I mean, uh, if Socrates, which is what uh, um, is referring to, if a Socrates wins 12p, 12p uh, PB, and it was uh, approximately 120 back in the day, and it still is, I believe, uh, it would give you a 10% clean return. Uh, so 10% in the bank, job done, uh, which is great. If, uh, you know, the more expensive players, they do win PB, uh, let's take, I don't know, somebody at £12, for example, if they win 12p, that is a 1% return. So whatever amount of money you put in there, you get 10% with one and 1% with the other, which is, uh, you know, <laughs> which is uh, quite a significant difference. So it is great, it is great when those lower, uh, lower price players uh, end up winning, end up winning dividends of some sort. Um, I even say that it is much more difficult for, for every Socrates that comes in. You may have another 20 players uh, sitting in there for months. They will never turn you, they will never turn you anything, really. It's a little bit of luck uh, as well as choosing the right players that they do have more chance than uh, than others while the more expensive end of the market is more expensive for a, for a reason uh, because a they may have higher chances or b they do return dividends um, dividends regularly if we take Neymar as an example it is almost 16 pounds so to return your 10 percent left to give you one pound 60. Um, which is quite a lot. Having said that, they will probably do it during the year. I don't know how much he had this year so far. It must be something like 60 or 8p already. Um, the, and it will give you, you know, will give you, it will give you a healthy return of investment throughout, throughout the year. When I say healthy, I mean, you can consider 10, 15% a healthy return. And some people may not consider that uh, as an healthy return and may choose another strategy. But yeah, return on investment, it is of vital importance, basically, you know, that's why it's important to mix it up, to have a mix of those guys that will return maybe a lower percentage and take a punt on somebody else that has the potential to return you more, but you may as well not return you anything. Mm-hmm, certainly so. And do you tend to look at a lot more of those um, less expensive players just due to that ROI idea and, and just because a lot of people think in the same way? Or do you think, do you look at those cheaper players sometimes as, as less risky because of that one PB win? As you mentioned for Socrates, that's a big return on your investment um, and, and could dig you out of a hole, especially if you've lost a lot of money on him. Um, so are cheaper players less risky? Um, in a way they are, in a way you've got less to lose, uh, but uh, I wouldn't see them as less uh, less risky I would see that they could be less rewarding as well because most of those players, or a lot of those players, they will not return dividends. I mean, you've got 2,000 plus players on the index and only a fraction of those return dividends. So you wouldn't want to go and buy all the cheap players hoping that, uh, hoping that something that happens with them. Uh, 
while the high hand that could be potentially riskier, as in they can lose, uh, they can lose uh, much, uh, much more of their value with the prices go go down, but they got higher chances of returning dividends and uh, having a capital position. So, I mean, I personally don't buy a lot of G players. Uh, I personally tend to focus on uh, on the higher end of the market. Um, on the higher end of the market, yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting, interesting. Uh, I think we'll move on to the next question. This is from Andrew Allen or Agatalo. It's an Italian naming, uh, sounding name as well, so uh, it's no surprise that he's asking an Italian-based question. If Football Index was to break ground in Italy, how popular would it be? It would be very popular, yeah. I mean, it would be very popular in uh, in any country like uh, Italy and others in Europe where uh, the population uh, loves football, breeds football, and uh, where uh, gambling is uh, uh, is pretty much liked by the population. So if uh, the index left to go left to go to Italy, it would be just fantastic news like any other country. And it would be very popular. I would say that a bit like in England and now Ireland and so on, where you got people that love football and uh, and a gambling culture. Uh, it won't. Uh, I mean, it won't just boom overnight. It will take time. Uh, it will take time to take to to take ground and to get uh, to get out there and out there properly. But yeah, it will be very, very, very popular. I believe. What What's the gambling culture like in Italy? Was the gambling culture? Well, gambling was illegal until a few years ago, but having said that, that didn't stop people uh, from doing so. There was always other ways, uh, but it's been legalized. It's been legalized uh, recently, and uh, there are quite few restrictions or regulations, uh, which are now are kind of uh, loosening up a little bit. So it's being accepted uh, more. Uh, in the country, um, not sure how easy it would be to get a license in there, and what kind of regulations, what kind of regulations they are, they 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 have in place at the moment. Uh, but there is, a, I mean, there is a gambling culture. People do like to gamble, and uh, they will find a way. I mean, they did find a way for many years before, and uh, and now it's been has been legalized. It's been legalized uh, at last. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really interesting. A lot of comp- uh, countries, including the likes of uh, the US, are really loosening up their gambling restrictions. But he also asked you which Lazio player is the best to buy. I'm assuming you're a Lazio fan then, Danilo. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm a Roma fan. And the, the answer is very simple. None. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, that's nice. Uh, how, how are Roma doing this season? Uh, it could be better doing all right in the Champions League, but in the league we're not doing fantastically well. No, <laughs> uh, no, not looking great. Put it that way. Hopefully we'll get uh, you know we get our form back together and end up in the top four. But at the moment it's not looking it's not looking fantastic. But we got Real Madrid coming up. You know they're not in a better shape than us, so it'll be interesting to see what happens on Tuesday. Yeah, lots of big teams really struggling. Roma. Uh, for Lazio themselves, you just mentioned, aren't doing amazingly. Real Madrid, as you mentioned, Bayern Munich. Uh, lots of big teams not doing amazingly. But uh, he also asked, when in Italy, do you enjoy the break from Football Index or does the trade block really annoy you? A bit of both, really, actually. Uh, it is extremely annoying not being able not being able to trade. I mean, I uh, can still log in and see how the portfolio is doing and see who goes up and goes down. And uh, and to know basically um, if you made gains or or losses on the day, but uh, can't really trade and uh, and never done so. Which uh, in a way, 
it is a bit of a relief. I mean, at the end of the day, you go on holiday to get a break and, you know, to focus on uh, your uh, your wife, your kids, your family and friends. And, uh, and it's good to have that time thinking only about that. At the same time, it is frustrating because you may want to trade here and there. Uh, so a bit of both, but it's, it's a good thing at the end of the day. You go on holiday, you don't think about it. You let the portfolio do what uh, what you got him uh, what you got him for. Hopefully, it's going to pay off. And uh, when you come back, you know you just got a list of things to do, and you just get on. You just get on with it quickly. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but just on that, do you think the likes of or other countries in other time zones? Do you think that could be a problem if you know they wake up and they've seen a player break their leg and they they can't trade uh, while they're asleep? Obviously, do you think we'll only really see the emergence of those com- uh, countries? I keep trying to say companies for some reason. Countries in the market cap when we have the likes of all, uh, the order books, when we can set uh, limit orders uh, and we can have slightly more automated trading. Hmm. Yeah, actually, the, actually, didn't think about that. I mean, yeah, if you know Australia had to join or uh, America, yeah, they do have a different, uh, different time, and uh, would it stop them for trading? Would it have an impact in the market? Um, well, not for us in a way, because everything is based in here, so it will be more of a problem for them uh, because all the games they'll be played maybe while they asleep and while we, while we awake. But but you could have a situation where you know someone sells two thousand of a player while you're asleep as well, just at the same time, because they wake up and they they don't like how someone performed or uh, they just don't fancy holding them anymore and they sell. So do you think that we'll only really see them properly integrated in the market when we do have order books and they can kind of pick and choose when they want to sell players or um, or, or buy players at certain prices as well. Yeah, that could be. I mean, the order books will uh, will help with that, will help a lot. I mean, we talk about that something like that could happen while you asleep, but it could still happen while you go to the cinema or to the theater or out for dinner or while you're not looking at your phone. So the chances are uh, maybe, you know, maybe more limited, but, you know, they, they, they're still there. So unless you on the index 24, uh, 24 hours a day, You'll never be able to prevent uh, something happens when you know when you know online. Yeah, the order books uh, they should help with that because you just put your uh, you know your buy and sell uh, and sell orders in there and let the market uh, um, and let the market do its own thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. certainly. So, last question from uh, Agatello: Do you like warm Peronis? <laughs> Obviously, no. You know, he gave me one. He gave me one once, and uh, and I told him I will never for, forgive him or forget. <laughs> Well, it was a meeting and, you know, give me one of those. So we started a bit of a joke on it. <laughs> yeah, I thought there was a story behind that. But um, uh, Danilo, you've got you've to wait for me to do a bit of a sponsor ad now. And this podcast and this episode is the first ever sponsored Figcast. And it's sponsored by Final Runner, as you guys may have seen my announcement announcing this mini partnership. And to explain Final Runner, it is basically a last man standing game where you pick a winning team in every game week or hopefully a winning team and the last man standing wins a portion of the pot and the pot is a combination of the stakes entered so i kind of like this concept because the stakes could last uh longer than just one game if you're good at predicting who win kind of like football index so it's another disruptor in the gambling world 
If you head over to www.finalrunner.com, you can join my competition called FigCast. And there's a special podcast offer. If you get two of your friends to join the FigCast competition, you'll get a free £10 admission to the FigCast 2, the second competition that we're running. And just remember, the more people that join, the bigger the pot and the bigger your potential winnings. But that's not only the reason I like Final Final Runner. Uh, Another reason is uh, not only can you participate in games, if you have your own business or a blog or a podcast or a website or service you can create your own games and you can use it as a form of fundraising whereby uh, the winner of the competition gets a chunk of the pot the organizer gets a chunk of the pot and final runner also get a small snippet to keep the lights on if you guys are interested and want to join me and a few other football index traders that have joined and a few other people that i know in the competition then head over to www.finalrunner.com and join the figcast competition Danilo are you going to join us for that I'll think about it I actually had <laughs> I had, I had, I had, I had a look when you when you send the link I think there was four or five people and uh, and I didn't join back then but yeah cool well do yeah <laughs> I know uh, Agatello the uh, your other Italian friend uh, is has joined I'm not sure if he's Italian or not is no, he no he's English he's English but why has he got that nickname? That's that's strange. But um, I, I know that he's joined the, the competition. So if you guys are interested, either just head over to their website or, or do give me a DM. But we'll get on with the rest of the show here, Danilo. Um, next is a question from Zen and the Art of Football Index, who was on the previous episode. If you guys haven't checked that out, do have a look. Zen uh, famously or infamously left the index uh he, he's got like a work sabbatical but um the new goals and assists and in play dividends that came out the other day uh kind of forced his hand did you see that he uh, rejoined the index I did, yes yeah <laughs> what a what a good uh, announcement that was for both football index and traders and clearly it instilled a, a lot more confidence but his question was if you could trade only in either the top 200 or the squad for the rest of the season which would you choose for maximum tr- uh, profit for your trading style well i kind of answered that question already and it would yeah, be the top 200 yeah <laughs> for yeah for my own style it would be the top 200 Mm-hmm, definitely so but do you think there's the potential that like for example Neymar is only going to go up a certain amount right and uh, this is just me playing devil's advocate and of course he's going to return a lot of dividends but everyone's looking for that next Mo Salah right that goes from £1 to £10 or goes from £2 to £6 or £7 and we've seen that to some extent with the likes of Reese Nelson and Jaden Sancho who begin in the squad but then just absolutely rock it into the top 200. So if you were only to t- uh, trade in the top 200, would you not miss trying to find that next gem? Um, yes, you would, but there's always time to jump on. I mean, uh, take a Sancho, for example. Uh, um, yes, it is six pounds now, but uh, it wasn't six pounds a month ago when kind of it started breaking through. So you cannot buy all the 18 years old kids, uh, which are overhyped because... You know, only a small percentage of those that will actually make it, and those money they may well be sitting in there and not generating anything because those kids a they're not going to play, b they're going to be sent on uh, on loan, or they're going to have you know three games in a year and uh, and then disappear basically. You know, while Sancho you may not be able to buy him at a pound, but if you buy him at three pounds, when you actually are much more confident than. Uh, 
is actually uh, the real thing. He's actually breaking through. He's actually going to play and making an impact on the pitch. Uh, there's still good profits, good profits to be made on him. Yeah. Mm, mm, interesting. So you you may miss the first spike, uh, but there's still plenty, plenty of room. Mm, mm, for sure. And I think that a lot of people are fixated on buying really low and selling really, really, really high, right? Having that 200% rise for some reason is people take massive pride in it and i understand it but i also have to say that as you mentioned if you get on a on a sancho say from five pounds and he's gone to 650 you've still made quite a significant amount of money and a good return on investment there so do you think there is an idea that people have in their heads that they only a, a really good trade is only one that gets them a hundred percent return on investment uh, no, it's not true. I mean, uh, you kind of uh, look at the basis-to-basis case. So in some cases, yes, you get 100%. It won't happen very often. In some cases, you sell before. In some cases, you keep them. Uh, you keep them for longer. You just got to look at the player and think, would I buy him at this price? Is it worth keeping? Or is it time to, to let him go because I made my money or because I'm, I better have my money uh, elsewhere? So you just to kind of, and I believe this one has been said before, kind of trying to ignore your buy price and just look at the current price and ask yourself, is it worth this price? Yes or no? Uh, we'll move on to the next question. This is from uh, BL. Any tips for who might be the next Serie A breakout starts, as in not a Barella, but the next to emerge like he has? Yeah, well, uh, we don't supposed to mention um, to mention players uh, really, but uh, I guess we're gonna have to mention a few in here. But I mean, in Italy, it's not been great of late in terms of talent, and uh, there's quite a few now that they're kind of breaking through, but they are already known and established, and everybody everybody should know them. And there is a few that are still. There, they could get a chance, they could start get playing, they could start getting some game time, and they do have the potential. They are talked about, they are talked about very well. Who will eventually make it, and uh, and how uh, is to be seen. And there's not many on the index actually of those uh, of those players, but there's quite a few. There's quite a few interesting ones. I mean, not to mention names. If you just check on. Uh, on the sky um, sky dot it there is a list of uh, you know the fifty most uh, um, most talented uh, youngsters and there is a list of there is a list of kids with uh, uh, with the very high potential or you know highly regarded and there is a few of them not too many to be honest uh, on the index. Mm-hmm. If you had to if you had to choose three who are um, maybe they are known to people on the index that y- you think are going to be the next big thing in Italy who are you know around about Barella's age who, who would you say the three that could potentially like, they're the most potential and they're actually getting some game time uh, two of them are from Roma uh, that could be Luca Pellegrini, which is not the Pellegrini on midfield. There is another Pellegrini, and no, they're not related actually. And he's a left back. He was very highly regarded. And then uh, last year he got, got injured. He's been out pretty much the whole season. And uh, he's back this year. He played a few games. Uh, um, and basically is the uh, is the alternative to Kolarov, which is kind of starting starting to age. So he's got great potential. Always at Roma, um, there is... Uh, Zaniolo, which is uh, 
which is actually being called for a national team. And, you know, he played a few games. Uh, he had actually made his debut against Real Madrid in the Champions League, which wasn't the easiest game to come on in. Uh, so he's highly regarded. He's starting to play. You know, he's still a kid, but he's got, he's got plenty of potential. So hopefully they'll breed him through and, uh, and let him do mistakes, you know, as... Uh, uh, as it happens with these with these young players, and then as a striker, well, well, there's a couple actually that they could be could, could kind of be there here. You know, Pellegri at Monaco, uh, again another one which has been a bit unlucky with injuries. Uh, uh, he seems to be doing his hamstrings quite quite often, but he's already played a few times for uh, for Monaco. Uh, he's still a kid. Uh, Big money move, uh, so he will get his chances if uh, if he's fit. It's kind of uh, you know a centre forward, proper old style, old style centre forward. And then you got this kid that uh, at Juve, which is Kane, and uh, it's not playing that much at Juve, so he may end up he may end up moving uh, um, at some point in January next year if he cannot get if he cannot get on the pitch uh, pitch a lot. But yeah, again another one. Overhyped, you know, he played uh, the young uh, in the young national team, so he had fantastic stats and so on. Um, he's been on loan last year, and this year they're keeping him, uh, and he scored a few goals, and he's supposed to be actually the next Balotelli, which I'm not sure is quite a good thing because <laughs> because <laughs> of the head, but uh, he's got he's got bags of talent, yeah. Mm-hmm, certainly so. As a guy that we talked about on the, the State of Play pod, I think in the first episode, Moise Keane is known to, to nearly everyone. But what about someone that we haven't heard of, right? Maybe someone who, you know, could caught, catch the eye, someone who's just started getting into the team that we don't know about. Okay, potentially it could be Pinamonti. Uh, Pinamonti is, uh, is a striker. He was owned by, or is owned by Inter, actually. Last year they wanted to send him out on loan and he wanted to stay to try and get some game time and break into the team, which of course didn't happen. So he spent the season rotting on the bench. He had a couple of games in Coppa Italia and he kind of never, never made an impact. So this year he went to Frosinone, uh, to Frosinone and uh, he's starting getting some game time. He scored, he scored a couple of goals uh, just recently. So he was, he's supposed to be the next big thing. And I think he just lost a year last year just by try his chances at Inter and sitting on the bench but you know this is the year where he's getting some experience and he could, uh, he could have a breakthrough yeah mm-hmm. make or break years for so many of those youngsters uh, it is, yeah. BL, BL also says I love Francesco Totti and you probably do too would you like to talk about him for a bit <laughs> <laughs> well, just shame he's not on the index. <laughs> oh he's, man, he's, imagine he's a bit late for him now. Yeah, yeah. Imagine a, a time when we had the likes of Totti, Zidane, Ronaldinho, uh, Thierry Henry on the index. That would be amazing, wouldn't it? But um, as you said, it, 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 you wish it came about fifteen years ago. Yes, I wish. <laughs> Uh, next question from Index88. If general consensus is that 2p 30-day dividends are poor value for anyone above ADP, will they really achieve FI's ambition for in-play trading? No big game would have players in that price bracket. Maybe no big... Oh, oh, no big game would have players in that price bracket, meaning that if, say, you know, we saw Tottenham-Chelsea yesterday, there were very few players in that ATP bracket. Um, yes, I mean it's not two p really. It is two p per event, per game in a way. I mean, if you take a goalkeeper, yes, it's only two p, and you go a limited amount of games during thirty days. But any other role, it is two p 
per event or three p per event or one p per event for example one p for an assist and a player in 30 days could have four assists you know same for the goals uh, you may not get many defenders scoring more than one in a 30 days period uh, but the strikers could well be so if you go a striker at 152 pounds and the bag three or four goals and uh, they get a couple of assists um, they do start to adapt and those 2p they can become tempi in uh, you know in uh, in a short period of time really yeah yeah certainly so i i have talked a bit about in the live stream that i did the other day the money kind of filtering up because we have seen a lot of these players go from say 90p to 1 pound 50 because of these goals uh, dividends or the in play trading dividends and what that means is if that if you have people going from 90p to to 1 pound 50 then there's a lot of people making money from that and they're going to use potentially that excess capital and potentially those who held uh, the dividends that they get. They might not be buying players that are 90p. They might be buying players that are four or five pounds, six pounds, 16 pounds, whatever. So that money can filter up. So I think what Stanford mentioned uh, either in tweeting or on the podcast where this is the first time we've ever seen uh, money trickling up rather than down. So I think it could end up being where at the start we have a situation where yes the cheaper players are getting a lot more action but maybe in the longer term we'll see some of that capital filter up yes i mean when you go the returns and i mean it will happen now on the third and fourth of of december when you get the dividends for uh, um, for a month paid and i know that going forward is going to be weekly and maybe then daily uh when people get those money they may not invest them in uh, at the cheaper end of the market but they may just decide you know to move it uh, to move it to more expensive to more expensive players to use to use the gains to buy you know to buy themselves players that maybe they couldn't afford uh, they couldn't afford before players that they wanted but uh, uh, they just didn't get for one reason or another so i believe yeah those money they will trickle they will trickle up uh, at some point and uh, if, if they're not already doing so yeah Mm-hmm. And I also think that because people are buying in uh, at different kind of 30-day cycles individually, then it means that some of these players may achieve higher base values. So you might have players that are goal scorers, for example. They might all, as a group, as a total, all go up because there are so many people buying in at different 30-day periods, if that makes sense. Um, yes, I mean, it's quite fun with this 30-day cycle because uh, uh, you see a lot of people looking at the fixtures and see who is playing good, they're playing a weak team, so they've got chances to score, so I'll buy some of their players that uh, they could score, you know, and uh, so that could work out in some cases, and it won't work out in uh, in most cases, uh, but yeah, you, you, I mean, you'll have a lot of people looking at those 30 days and try to trade based on what's going to happen during those 30 mm, days mm, for sure um i will move on to the last question from john rennick what do you do with all your football index profit <laughs> just go on holiday and then won't trade <laughs> yeah no, i mean at the moment i'm just reinvesting uh reinvesting pretty much everything so i'm not taking not taking anything out uh, i can see the potential in uh, in the index and the more you have the more you multiply really because uh, uh There'll be no point in taking anything out at the moment when you see a huge percentage uh, potential return in the next uh, uh, in the next few years, basically. 
uh, there's, there's a lot of things going on. I believe a share split will give uh, the market uh, the market a boost and uh, the introduction of the order books. Uh, it may be not liked by some and loved by some others, but it will certainly be a good introduction anyway. And, you know, with the expansions and so on, there's so many things happening at the moment uh, that you wouldn't want, you wouldn't want to take your money out unless you have to, um, unless you have to, to do something else, really. Uh, so at the moment, you just stay there. Do you have like an end goal uh, for Football Index? Do you have like a goal that you want to achieve with the money that you make on the on the platform? Uh, do I have an end goal? You know, become millionaire, retire forever. <laughs> uh, no, not really. I mean, just multiply. I mean, just multiply uh, what I've got in there by as much as possible. You know, and uh, enjoy and have fun in the meanwhile. Mm-hmm. Interesting, interesting. But there's no plans to to buy a house out in Italy or something like that and retire uh, <laughs> short term rather than go long term and become a millionaire and just retire. No, short term, no, short term, no, no such plans and so on. Eventually, you know, if we can make enough in the index, you know, that's something that could be considered. But no, short term, short term, no. Mm, interesting. And he also asks, who's your favorite of all the bigger traders? Uh, I don't have any favorites, really. Um, I mean, everybody trades their own way. Everybody does their own things. Everybody's got their own opinion, which you got to see and respect. Uh, but you haven't got, I haven't got any favorite trader, really. Is there is there anyone that maybe inspired you to to go big uh, on the index from those bigger traders? Uh, no, I mean, there's one that uh, you know it seems to be quite opinionated and. Uh, um, even have a few arguments on, on Twitter and so on uh, with uh, with others. Maybe it's not receptive to feedback or whatever it is, but it's got some very good ideas and a very good approach, um, which which I tend you know to look at and uh, and appreciate and respect. Which is this uh, SG Sigwell, something like that. <laughs> Yeah, SG is uh, certainly someone who's very opinionated, yes, isn't he? And uh, doesn't s- seems to n- not care what people think as well, which is uh, good or bad, depending on who you are. Um, but before we leave, uh, Danilo, uh, I want to talk about a bit more about the future of Football Index and where you see this platform going and how positive you think the growth is at the moment. What, what do you make of the future of Football Index in general? Um, well, as I said, uh, I see the company uh, growing, growing quite a lot. Uh, I see the company uh, taking feedback on board and and trying to learn to improve and to become more professional. Which at the end of the day, uh, they should do. And I gave the feedback a couple of times to them that you know people have got money in it, and you know you cannot really you cannot really do certain things uh, um, anymore because it's not a small company, and you know we're talking about hundred thousands and millions and so on and so forth you know that they are in the platform but overall uh, i'm extremely confident and uh, i can see them uh, really expanding really getting bigger you know in the uk and uh, if the, if and when they manage to get into into europe it will be will be just massive really it will just be a massive gambling company they may want to sell up at some point uh, because i believe is what everybody set up a company for, you know, to cash in at some point. Uh, but uh, I can see the future very bright um, for them. Uh, into, I mean, for them, certainly for the short to medium uh, to medium term. Do, do you think if it was bought out by someone, it would be detrimental for traders? 
Uh, I don't know, not necessarily. I mean, if some big uh, big gamer would, uh, would come in and buy it out, would it be a bad thing? Uh, maybe not really. Maybe they would become more professional. Maybe they would become more structures. Maybe they will try to, I mean, whatever the reason they will buy it, uh, they will buy it. They will want to increase um, increase the users, you know, kind of uh, uh, make the company bigger and more valuable. Uh, and they will buy for a reason to make money out of it, of course, but you wouldn't want to piss off your traders or rip them off because that wouldn't result in anything good, basically. Uh, so they will buy and uh, for the traders, it would eventually long term, uh, it wouldn't be a bad thing really because if they buy, they buy for a reason, and those reasons are most likely to benefit you that are trading. Mm-hmm. I hope so anyway. And yeah, I hope so anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and and if you had to, or what would you want to improve from Football Index? What do you want to see improved? Uh, well, that's I want to see improved. Well, in a way, the in a way, the professionalism uh, of how things are handled, and uh, um, in a way. It just needs to be slicker. It just needs to be, uh, you cannot have things which are not right. They are known, they are not right, and they are not fixed nor removed. I don't know, I use as an example, you know, when you buy a, go and buy a player in, in the app, you still, in the iPhone app, you still got the dividends can be won after 24 hours. Can they really? You know, when, uh, you know, you try and set up those uh, um, reserve price, they never worked, you know, they never worked, fine, fair enough, you cannot get it to work, just bloody remove the writing in there, you know. And all these kind of things, if you read the rules, they are confused, there's some things which are not applicable anymore, you may not find everything in there. And uh, yeah, all these, uh, you know, kind of bits and pieces, which can be very annoying, which if you are a trader and be for a while, you know how to get around, but somebody new, uh, will find extremely confusing and uh, see it as extremely unprofessional, really. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I think for me recently, um, the app freezing, I've got an iPhone and the app freezing has been an absolute nightmare when trying to buy players, uh, which which isn't ideal. But I think either they improve it with an update or they bring out the new app altogether. But as you mentioned, that might only come after order books, right? Mm, yeah, no, actually, I mean, they may release an app, an app update, uh, an app update, you know, as, as they see, as they see fit. I don't think it's related to the, to the order books. I think they did one recently, which actually I didn't want to update because, <laughs> because it was working just fine for me. I said, you know, and you never, you never know what's right. going to happen. You never right? know. It's like, no, don't touch that. That's definitely one. I'm not updating <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, actually, I haven't got the freezing uh, much. I mean, you may get freezing when you go EPO released, uh, same as the website, you know, the phone freezes and and won't let you buy, won't let you buy anybody. I mean, I tried that before and that was doing to me. But during normal use, um, no, I haven't got, uh, I haven't got issues with the, uh, with help, actually, it's almost everything I use now because it's actually it's actually quite slick. I find the website uh, um, a little bit more cumbersome, especially the beta version, which um, yeah, which is being worked on anyway. <laughs> Interesting. Well, uh, Danilo, I think that's all we've got time for because my uh, precious Arsenal are about to kick off. Uh, so we're gonna finish up here. Uh, where can people find out more about you on Twitter? Uh, well, on Twitter, I am, how am I called on Twitter? I don't even know. Danilo F.I. Trader, I believe. 
And uh, yeah, I mean, there are post to some of my trades there every now and then. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't post regularly or daily and so on, but every now and then I just, uh, I just, just reply to a few posts, you know, and, uh, and post a few bits and pieces in there. Uh, but yeah, Danilo FI Trader. Thank you very much for coming on, man. And uh, yeah, it's funny how you didn't know what a podcast was uh, at the uh, Manchester Trader Meet when we met. And uh, now you're on one, which is great. Thank you very much for having me and congratulations on the sponsor and privilege Thank you you know, very to, much. Be, to be the first one on uh, on this new new adventure for you. Thank you. I uh, really appreciate that, man. Um, thank you very much. Uh, as Dylan mentioned, this was the first sponsored podcast. I have to thank every single person who's subscribed, who listens every week, whatever they're doing, who's, who's told their friends about it. And uh, hopefully it's, uh, as Adam Cole would say, onwards and upwards for both Football Index and uh, hopefully this podcast along the way as well. Uh, if you guys did enjoy that, please do subscribe if you haven't done already. And uh, yeah, you can follow me at underscore FI Guide. Still trying to chase down the man who has at FI Guide. It'd be great if I could steal it off him. Uh, if you're on your commute, then have a lovely day at work. And if you're not commuting uh, and you're working from home or doing something else, then have fun doing whatever you're doing. Thank you very much for listening.